Knowledge is the fuel that powers intelligent buying and selling. So get a quick recharge with me, Ron Edwards, Master Sommelier and Director of Wine Education for Winebow, Fine Wine, and Spirits. Welcome back to WineSmart. A lush, marshy, forested area sits at the southern end of Lake Garda. The landscape is a remnant of a glacier that dug out Lake Garda and then receded, leaving glacial till and a slowly receding body of water. The mounds of till to the south mark the extent of the glacier's progress and the fairly flat, clay-dominated land between the hills and the lake, a more quiet, restful place of sediment. Well, this is what you would have found in the early 15th century, before the Serenissima Republic of Venice began to deforest and drain the land for grain production. Today, it's richly planted to vineyards that enjoy the maritime effect of Lake Garda and the various clay-based calcareous soils formed by the receding waters of this glacially formed lake. So the region of Lugana, the DOC itself, lies mostly in the region of Lombardia, but has a very important section in Veneto. The fairly central town of Pozzolengo is 126 kilometers, that's 78 miles, east of Milano, and only 36 kilometers, that's 22 miles, west of Verona. To the east of the Appalachian, you move into Barlino, then a little north is Valpolicella, and then if you get back on a straight east line, you move into Suave. To the west of the Appalachian, on the other side of the city of Brescia, you find Franciacorta. There are about 2,000 hectares total planted in Lugana DOC. 1,948 of those hectares, 4,813 acres of vineyards are actually within the Lombardia section, and they're spread among four main towns. De Sensano, Sirmione, Pozzolengo, and Lonato. Only 52 hectare, that's 128 acres of vineyards, are actually within Veneto, and they are centered around the town of Peschiera del Garda. What's interesting, however, is even though there's only 52 hectares within Veneto, 60% of all the wine bottled under the DOC Lugana is bottled by a producer from Veneto. Also, one of the most noted sites in all of Lugana, kind of considered a crew, is San Benedetto di Lugana, which is over near the town of Pesquiera del Garda. Lugana in all its forms is at least 90% Turbiana, which is a local name. It's a synonym for Trebbiano di Lugana. And in practice, most producers are pushing that to 100% or very close to it. A 2022 study by the Departments of Crop Science and Biology at the uh, University of Milan came to the conclusion that Turbiana or Trebbiano di Lugana is very similar to Trebbiano di Suave. Well, we already knew that Trebbiano di Suave is actually the identical genetic grape to Verdicchio that you find in Castello di Iesi in Marche, which I found that really interesting because in 2012, wine grapes published by Jancis Robinson, using the same university's research from 2008, had found that Turbiana, i.e. Trebbiano di Lugana, and Verdicchio are genetically the same. Lugana DOC offers five different wine styles within its specifications, but all are white. Most of them are crisp and refreshing and soothing in texture simultaneously. And then there is one, which is a late harvest, uh, Vendimia Tardiva, that is richer and, and not as crisp because it's got some residual sugar to it. And their overall structure for all but the Vendemia Tardiva are 
kind of along the lines of a classic Chablis. So if you're thinking about who buys wine from you and you're thinking about the fact that they like crisp, um, driven white wines from Europe that may or may not have oak, then Lugana needs to pop in your head because it has a texture that is similar to uh, lighter weight Chardonnay, but it has its own very unique Italian-esque kind of flavor profile, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But the beginning point of Lugana DOC is just simply Lugana Bianco. It's intended to be crisp and minerally. Um, it very often has a little salinity from the nature of the soils there, which is really charming. It tends to show orchard fruits, apples as far as unripe um, apricot type of flavor profile, and a yellow citrus note. The law actually states that it has to have a minimum of a natural alcohol by volume of 11%. What I find very interesting is that the law specifies the minimum total acidity for this wine at five grams per liter, which is fabulous because that kind of guarantees you're going to have a lower pH style. Um, you know, one wine I looked up, the pH was 3.2. Uh, a, a Reserva with a with a total acidity over six was um, 6.9, I think, was actually 3.4. So we're talking about the textural um, tartness comparatives of when we're talking about Burgundy. Lugano Bianco does not have a stated age. Superiore is the next category, and uh, like in all other places, Superiore is going to ask you to have a little bit more uh, potential alcohol from the very beginning, basically be a bit more serious wine. In this particular case, it's intended to have a layer of complexity brought through aging on the lees and or oak. Lees are not specified, and oak is not specified, but in practice, in the appellation, this is what's happening there, either aging in stainless steel using lees techniques, or they're aging in some usually large oak vessels, not a lot of small oak vessels at this level for sure. And, and what you get out of this is a, a note of hazelnut, um, a little riper stone fruit. Instead of being unripe apricot, it might go all the way into apricot or peach. Uh, there's definitely that citrus drive, although it moves from a little, it still has the yellow citrus, but it can move towards a little orange citrus. And it, this category of wines being a little more substantive is going to have that salinity almost every time. They have to age these a minimum of 12 months from October 1st of the harvest year. And then they're required to have a minimum natural alcohol by volume of 12%. They keep the same total acidity, so they're not trying to make them any tartar. Uh, they're just making them a little rounder. The next level up is Reserva, and it's sort of a natural extension of Superiore. You have this really um, gutsy juice that you're bringing in that you could turn into Superiore, and you say, man, this is a really good uh, section of the vineyard or a really great tank of wine, and we're going to turn it into Reserva. For Reserva, oak influence is intended for these wines, and you will get the notes of baking spices and the roundness of controlled oxidation. Uh, even if the producer is using large oak, there will probably be some smaller oak involved to make sure that you notice it was an oak. This is a minimum of 24 months of age from October 1st of the harvest year. And they have a minimum natural alcohol of 12% once again, and a minimum total acidity again of 5 grams per liter. What you get out of these wines is a wine that on first impression really puts you down the path of Cote de Bone. Not the richness per se of like Merceau, but nonetheless that rounded, linear, oak-spiced 
orchard fruit flavor profile that's pretty easy to associate with really, really good Chardonnay. What comes in that isn't Chardonnay is that little bit more orange-oriented citrus note and certainly that hazelnut, roasted nut character that is very common for this particular grape variety. Now we get to the Vendamia Tardiva. This is late harvest. It's the exact same terminology that you see in Alsace as Vendange Tardif. And the intention here is not fully sweet wine, but rather wines that are harvested late will probably have some residual sugar, but are not dominated by sweetness. These wines have to have a minimum of 12 months of age from October 1st following the harvest and have a minimum natural alcohol by volume of 12%. They have a lower total acidity expectation, which makes sense, right? You've left the grapes out to ripen a little further on the vine. And we're not talking about pasito style here, by the way ripen a little further, not desiccate or raisinate. Uh, and 4.5 grams per liter of total acidity is the minimum, although in practice it's probably more than that. The final one, which I think is super important to talk about, because each time I've had wines of the Spumante style from Lugana, I just get a big smile on my face because they are absolutely delicious. Turbiana is naturally suited to making sparkling wine just like Chardonnay is. It has flavor, it has texture, it has weight but it also has an, an acidity driving through, which is really great for uh, especially Metro Classico or traditional method wines. In this particular case, the DOC allows for both styles of production, Charmat method, meaning tank fermented, and also Metro Classico or traditional method where the second fermentation happens in the bottle from which you're drinking. They have a minimum natural uh, alcohol by volume of 11.5%. And uh, a total acidity now has to go up. Instead of being five like it is for the still wines, the total acidity minimum is 5.5 grams per liter, which is very encouraging to me because great sparkling wine needs to have higher levels of acidity at the very beginning. That's part of the charm. That's part of what makes them ageable and delightful and, and why the lees degradation that happens, especially with Metodo Classico, becomes so charming. From personal experience, I can tell you that there is a lot to love about the wines of Lugana. The best expressions are fresh and vibrant, but with more texture than you would think. They're easy to like for people who like more standardized grape varieties like Pinot Grigio and Chardonnay. They have a foil of salinity, and I just love the, how great a partner they are on the table with all kinds of everyday meals from simple roast chicken to seafood to lighter pasta dishes. Check out in the show notes for a link to Zanato Lugana. Um, as that is a great option for the Bianco or Reserva style, and they also make a Metodo Classico style, which I have on a regular basis. Until next time.